0: Shabbat Shalom, and welcome back, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the parable of the Vineyard YouTube live stream of our Torah portion reading. My name is Adam, your host, and I welcome you. Week 4, Vayera, which is, and he appeared, is going to cover Genesis 18, verse 1 through 22, 24. Lots to cover uh, tonight. We've got the the promise of Isaac. Uh, we have uh, Sodom and Gomorrah and the destruction thereof. Uh, Lot and his wife and his family, and Lot's wife, of course, um... And we have the binding of Isaac, probably one of the most peculiar stories in all of Scripture that has been long debated. And I'm really excited to uh, to br- to bring this study to light because, as as. A lot of you know that have been watching uh, this ministry for a while, you know that we like to uh, we like to read what people call the extra books or the um, extra-biblical books or removed books, whatever you want to call them. I just call them scripture at this point. Uh, I think a lot of these have tested, uh, I believe I've tested thoroughly that I believe that these are the, the words of Elohim that we're reading tonight. And uh, the reason it's important is because we, we really, I, I, being a researcher, I want to know why. Like, why would the Most High ask Abraham or Abraham at this point, to offer up his son. Like, that's a hard... Like, think about you parents out there. What if Yah would ask you that right now? You know, would any of us be willing to do that? But moving past that, but even going further, like, is this, you know, behind that, like, why? Like, why would he ask that? And I, and I really believe that tonight, the scriptures that we're going to read are going to really just reveal the whole story and everything just makes so much more sense. And it really just makes me feel a million times more comfortable with the story about how everything played out why the I, i'm a why guy like why i was that kid growing up like well why okay well why 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 i just want to know why and um perhaps that's why i like research is because i like answering the why and the great news is if you love Yah's word he gives you plenty of answers to the why if you diligently seek it's the glory of Elohim to conceal a matter and it's the honor of kings to search it out and that is what we're doing and in general in case you're new we're going to be reading through the Torah portion line by line and just trying to glean what it's saying and how we can apply that to our lives today so with that let's get started with prayer Heavenly Father, Yahuwah Most High, we just we, we come before you, and we just thank you for sending your Son, Yahushua, the Word. We thank you for preserving the written Word, the written and alive Word for us to, to study from and to grow from. And Father, we just ask that your Holy Spirit, your Ruach HaKodesh, will be with us and guide us as we study together, uh, to grow together, and to be ready at the return of Messiah, Yahushua. And we just thank you so much for the opportunity to study together Uh, In his name, Yahushua, we do pray. Amen, hallelujah. Shabbat shalom. It's that time of the week again. Best day of the week. uh, In case you're new and you're like, what's the Sabbath? Well, it's the seventh day of the week, and he told us to rest. And we're going to rest in his word tonight. So let's get started. Uh, Quick shofar blast, and then we're ready. Okay, so here we are in Genesis 18, 1, and we're going to get started. And Yahuwah appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day, and he lift up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground. And of course, this is Abraham meeting the, the three angels. And um, I, I just want to read the Targums real quick here. The Targums are kind of interesting. Uh, let's see. Uh, right here. And so, and the word of Yahweh was revealed to him in the valley of vision. And he sat in the door of the tabernacle, comforting himself from his circumcision in the fervor of the strength of the day. And so this is right after Genesis 17. And um, we just read that everyone was circumcised, right? All the men of his house were circumcised. And so he's in pain, but he still, he just runs to them. And I've seen people that have been freshly circumcised or even a couple days after and it's hard to walk let alone run so here's abraham just like abraham let's just like i'm going um and he says he and he and he bowed himself to the ground this is something that we see similar in Joshua five thirteen through fifteen because we see many times when uh, people bow down to prophets or angels that are like no 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 don't bow down to me I'm just a fellow my fellow brother I'm a fellow messenger Joshua five thirteen through fifteen and it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand and Joshua went unto him and said unto him are you for us or for our adversaries and he said no. But as captain of the host of Yahuwah, am I now coming? Who's the captain of the host? We know that's Messiah. He's the leader. He's the commander of the army. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What says my master unto his servant? If this was Michael or any of the other angels, they'd have been like, Whoa, 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 stop. Mm -mm. Nope. He only worshiped Elohim. And the captain of Yahuwah's host said unto Joshua, Loose your shoe from off your foot for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. So we see Abraham immediately bowing down. He knew these were the angels. But let's keep going. And said, My Adonai, if now I have found favor in your sight, pass not away, I pray you, from your servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. He's being courteous and hospitable. Remember last week we talked about doing the deeds of Abraham? hospitality is definitely one of them. And I will fetch a morsel of bread and comfort you your hearts. After that, you shall pass on. For therefore, are you come to your servant? And they said, so do as you have said. And the reason I'm making a lot of this is because when we read through the Torah, often we're just like, okay, what's the command? Do this, don't do that. Do this, don't do that. But sometimes Torah is just not overlooking the obvious in seeing Abraham is hospitable. And so very simply, when you have a guest come over, be hospitable be excited to be like hey can i get you some water can i get you some food please sit down have rest you know these kind of things that's torah just like we mentioned in in genesis chapter one just acknowledging creation and appreciating creation and sharing people the truth of creation is torah it's standing up for torah so, being hospitable is Torah. And Abraham hastened so quickly. It specifically let us know that he went quickly unto the tent of Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal and knead it and make cakes upon the hearth. And Abram ran. Again, if you haven't seen people a couple days after circumcision, they're like walking very, very slowly. But he ran unto the herd and fetched a calf tender and good and gave it unto a young man and he hastened to dress it. We learned not that it's a huge thing but we learned in Joshua that he gave it to Eliezer And he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed and set it before them and he stood by under them by them under the tree and they did eat. So he was just so excited to be hospitable to them. And I just want to read a couple passages. Uh, Deuteronomy 10, 18 through 19. He does execute judgment of the fatherless and the widow and loves the stranger in giving him food and raiment. So even though I do believe Abraham knew that these were angels, he still uh, was just entertaining strangers with all of his heart. Love you therefore the stranger for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. John 8, 37 through 39. I know this is... Messiah talking to the Pharisees and Sadducees. I know that you're Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and you do that which you have seen with your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Yahushua said unto them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. So again, we're just continuing to learn the works of Abraham. So being hospitable is a big thing. Matthew twenty five thirty one through forty six. When the Son of Man shall come in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory, and before Him shall be gathered all nations. And He shall separate them the one from the other, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And He shall set the sheep on His right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the King say unto them on His right hand. Come ye, blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in, naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Master, when did we see you hungry, and fed you, or thirsty, and gave you drink? Or when did we see you as a stranger, and took you in, or naked, and clothed you? Or when did we see you sick, or in prison, and came unto you? and the king shall answer and say unto them verily I say unto you Inasmuch as you have done it unto the least of these my brethren you have done it unto me and then of course uh, on the other hand the left hand we see that they didn't do this he saw them hungry and thirsty and didn't give them food or drink or clothe them uh, all these kind of things so uh, of separation and so I, I would simply ask what side of that history do we want to be on do we want to take care of people and be hospitable to them taking care of their needs or not Hebrews 13, 1 through 2, let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. I wonder if some of us have or, or we'll have the opportunity to at some point. Romans 12, actually just want to read the last verse here. Distributing to the necessity of the saints and given to hospitality. Hospitality. That's like being like uh, like Abraham. First Peter four eight through ten, and above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality to one to the other without grudging. Not like Ugh, I gotta entertain so and so. As every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of Elohim. So, hopefully, just shared some some verses with you as to why we should be hospitable in. Matter of fact, we should want to, but sometimes we need a little uh, encouragement by the word and not what any man says. And by the way, that's a lot of this Torah portion is just going to be a lot of reading. I may have a few comments here or there. Uh, I may get on some tangents, but there's just a lot of reading to do. And and I think a lot of times the best studies are just the word being read. Sometimes, you know, sometimes we need a good good pep talk in and in a, in a pick-me-up, but I think the majority of what, the body of messiah needs is the word read to them uh and, and just maybe making some connecting dots jasher 22 we're, we're one last thing on hospitality Joshua twenty two eleven through 13 says this, And Abraham planted a large grove in Beersheba, and he made to it four gates facing the four sides of the earth, and he planted a vineyard in it, so that if a traveler came to Abraham, he entered any gate which was in his road, and remained there, and ate and drank, and satisfied himself, and then departed. For the house of Abraham was always open to the sons of men that passed and repassed, who came daily to eat and drink in the house of Abraham. And any man who had hunger and came to Abraham's house, Abraham would give him bread that he might eat and drink and be satisfied. And any anyone that came naked to his house, he would clothe with garments as he might choose and give him silver and gold and make known to him Yahuwah who, who had created him in the earth. This did Abraham all of his life. And some of you may, are, may be watching this live and we just finished the, the Testament of Zebulun study so you can see how the inter- interesting connections of what we studied earlier tonight and what we're studying tonight. For those of you that are watching this at a later date and have no idea what the Testament of Zebulun study is, I would encourage you, if you want to learn a little bit more about hospitality and who sh- who we should be hospitable to, um, take a look at the uh, the Testament of Zebulun. And you know, I'm just thinking to myself, one thing I missed in the Testament of Zebulun study that I would have loved to have put in there um, is the, um, this, the parable of the Good Samaritan. And, you know, who we should be neighborly to. So, anyways, uh, with that, let's get back to Genesis 18, verse 9. And they said unto him, these are the angels, Where is Sarah, your woman? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto you according to the time of life. And, lo, Sarah, your woman, shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my master being old also? And Yahweh said unto El Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I have surety bear a child which I am old? Is anything too hard for Yahweh? At the time appointed, I will return unto you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Then Sarah denied, saying, I laughed not, for she was afraid. And he said, No, but you did laugh. And the men rose up from there and looked towards Sodom, and Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. And Yahweh said, Shall I hide from Abraham the thing which I do? And I think the Targum says something a little interesting here. Let me just look. And if you're new, the Targums are the Aramaic. Yeah, right here. And Yahweh said, With his word, which is our Messiah, I cannot hide from Abraham that which I'm about to do. Yeah, so just a little interesting. I like I like to always point out in the Aramaic when it clearly shows our Messiah. So long story short, I believe these three angels. I believe one of them is Messiah, and two of them are angels. Which ones I don't know, um, but I do believe that one of the three um, is Messiah because he's making these promises. I will do this. It's not like an angel conveying the message of Yah saying Yah will do that. He's saying I will do these things for you, and I, I believe that's Messiah operating in the in the uh, um, operating on behalf of the Father as his perfect image and his and his, his messenger. So, and Yahweh or the word said, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him? For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall guard the way of Yahweh to do justice and judgment that Yahweh may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. We've talked about this. We talked about this last Torah cycle um, when we got into Deuteronomy of the importance of teaching our children because we can, we can do all this growing and growing and growing, but if we're not teaching our children and diligently teaching them uh, as, as Deuteronomy 6 instructs us to and the future promise of Deuteronomy 30 that says that when we come back to the Torah and our children with all of our hearts and minds, that then he's going to come back so we've got some work to do I know I do what about you let's work together let's get our children ready Genesis eighteen twenty. and Yahweh said because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great and because her sin is very grievous I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it which is coming to me and if not I will know and so what are the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah man um, it's pretty bad uh, let's take a look at um, the book of Yashar And the book of Yashar, we read earlier. uh, Let's see here. And This is Jasher 19, verse 3. And by desire of their four judges, the people of Sodom and Gomorrah had beds erected in the streets of the cities. And if a man came to these places, they laid hold of him and brought him to one of their beds and by force made him to lie in them. And as he lay down, uh, three men would stand at his head and three at his feet and measure him by the length of the bed. And if the man was less than... Then the bed; these six men would stretch him at each end, and when he cried out to them, they would not answer him. And if he was longer than the bed, they would draw together the two sides of the bed at each end until the men had reached the gates of death. And if he continued to cry out to them, they would answer him, saying, "Thus shall it be done to a man that comes into our land." I mean, honestly, it couldn't be any more opposite of what we just read about Abraham and how he welcomed the stranger and took him in and fed them and clothed them and and uh, just nurtured them. And this is the Solomon Gomorrah, the exact opposite. And when men heard all these things that the people of the cities of Sodom did, they refrained from coming there. And when a poor man came to their land, they would give him silver and gold and cause a proclamation in the whole city, not to give him a morsel of bread to eat. And if the stranger should remain there some days and die from hunger, not having been able to obtain a morsel of bread, then at his death, all the people of the city would come and take their silver and gold, which they had given him. And those that could recognize the silver or gold, which they had given him and took it back. And at his death, they also stripped him of his garments and they would fight about them. And he that prevailed over his neighbor took them. And uh, they would they would after that carry him and bury him under some of the shrubs in the deserts, so that they did this all the days to anyone that came to them and died in their land. Um, I think we read the story about Eliezer throwing the raw or uh, being th- um, being beaten the head and bleeding. Um, I want to skip to this. Here we go. At that time, the wife of Lot bare him a daughter, and he called her name. Paltith, saying because elohim had delivered him and his whole household from the kings of elam and Paltith, daughter of lot 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 grew up and one of the men of sodom took her for a wife and a poor man came into the city to seek a maintenance and he remained in the city some days and all the people of sodom caused a proclamation of their custom not to give this man a morsel of bread to eat until he dropped dead upon the earth and they did so and Paltith, the daughter of Lot saw this man lying in the street starved with hunger and no one would give him anything to keep him alive and he was just upon the point of death and her soul was filled with pity on occasion of the man and she fed him secretly with bread for many days and the soul of this man was revived for when she went forth to fetch water she would put the bread in the water pitcher and when she came to the place where the poor man was she took the bread from the pitcher and gave it to him to eat so she did many days And all the people of Sodom and Gomorrah wondered how this man could bear starvation for so many days. And they said to each other, This can only be that he eats and drinks, for no man can bear starvation for so many days or live as this man has, without even his countenance changing. And three men concealed themselves in a place where the poor man was stationed to know who it was that brought him bread to eat. And Palatith, daughter of Lot, went forth that day to fetch water, and she put bread into her pitcher of water, and she went to draw water by the poor man's place, and she took out of the bread from the pitcher and gave it to the poor man and he ate. And the three men saw what Palatith did to the poor man, and they said to her, It is you then who has supported him, and therefore he has not starved, nor changed in appearance, nor died like the rest. And the three men went out of the place in which they were concealed and seized, palteth and the bread which was in the poor man's hand and they took palteth and brought her before the judges and they said to them thus did she do and it was she who supplied the poor man with bread therefore did he not die all this time now therefore declare to us the punishment due to this woman for having transgressed our law and the people of sodom and gomorrah assembled and kindled fire kindled a fire in the street of the city and they took the woman and cast her into the fire and she was burned to ashes and in the city of adma um Anyways, then, then there's another st- uh, story about a, a woman in adma who also did a similar thing and she was uh she was killed uh, they they lathered her with honey and bees stung her uh, and then um and then she died uh yeah and then she died um so anyways just wanted to share with you some of the sins of sodom and gomorrah um, also four times a year they had orgies just straight up orgies four times a year and, you know, husbands would give away their wives to other people and their daughters and everybody would just share each other. And just like, what kind of craziness is going on here? Um, and we're going to take a look at the uh, writings of Abraham. If you're not familiar with the writings of Abraham, I would I would ask you to uh, search this out for yourself. This is a book that I've read quite a few times. And have tested it, and I believe this to be scripture. Um, a lot of people confuse this with the the book of Abraham, which is completely different. Um, but here, I want to share with you this. The writings of Abraham, 116. Then the three holy men of Elohim departed from our camp, and I walked with them to bring them on their way to Sodom. And the one who had before spoken said unto me, Abraham, we are... Let's see, actually, let's start from... Here we go. Let's start here, verse eight. Four times in each year they gather together to sing and dance before their idol Elohim. And when they are dancing, every man lays hold upon the wives and daughters of his neighbor and lies with them, and this they do without authority from Elohim, which thing is an abomination in his sight. But behold, this is the least of their sins, for no man is safe who enters their city. For when a stranger enters there, they will take from him his goods by force, and they will abuse his body for both men and women they will bind and crowds of the sodomites will gather about them and lie with them by force. So raping them, this is an entire city raping people until everyone who desires to lie with them has done so. Now it is a wicked thing that men or women should be forced to lie with another against their will. But here the whole city unites to force this wicked thing. Moreover, when they have stolen a man's goods and abused his flesh, they will torture him. And when they t- are tired of torturing him, ter- torturing him they will leave him naked and without food or water to die in the streets of their city and it is forbidden by the law for anyone to help such as one by giving him food or drink moreover the people of these cities have numerous idol elohim before which they practice every kind of abomination without authority wherefore yahuwah has sent us to gather the righteous out of the cities before they are destroyed so saying the three embraced me and kissed me and went on their way towards sodom and we'll just stop there wild stuff and so We we have to I I, I, these are just more questions of why. Like why did not not that I'm questioning Yah, because he can do whatever he wants and I and I'll trust him. But sometimes it's it's a you know, why? Like like why? We wanted to know why Yah sent on flooding and and, and wiped out the whole world and started over. Uh, we saw we talked about the the genetic corruption of DNA and the giants and, and these dinosaurs and whatever all these creatures were. And it was just destroying Yah's creation, and he had to start over. Um, and, and so Sodom and Gomorrah, what what was their sin? We don't get a whole lot in the bio, in the, the Torah of exactly what they had. There's a few passages in, uh, in Ezekiel, which I think I've got, yeah, I've got a um, passage here. This is a passage in Ezekiel. It says, uh, chapter 16, verse 49, Behold, this was the iniquity of your sister Sodom, pride, fullness of bread, An abundance of idleness was in her and her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy. And they were haughty and committed abomination before me. Therefore, I took them away as I saw good. And so I like to know why. Like, what were they doing? And so through these books that the Most High himself, I think, hid for us in the last days to study from and to show ourselves approved, we get to see more of the why. Why did he destroy this whole place with brimstone, fire and brimstone? Anyways, all right, let's keep going. And the men turned their faces from thence and went towards Sodom, but Abraham stood yet before Yahuwah, or the word. So I'm curious what the Targums say. Okay, says the same thing. And Abraham drew near and said, Will you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Perchance there be fifty righteous within the city. Will you also destroy and spare the place for the fifty righteous that are therein? That would be far from you to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked. And that the righteous should be as the wicked, that be far from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And Yahweh said, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sake. So here you have Abraham. And think about this. He's not just praying for the righteous. He's also praying for the whole city. So here's Abraham praying for the weak or even the blinded. And that—and and when we're talking about doing Torah, this is something for us to continue to look at is how do we look at the, the world? The whole world is acting like Sodom and Gomorrah, if you haven't noticed lately. Maybe they're not doing all the exact same deeds that they're doing, but it's filled with wickedness. But we have to understand that these people are just blinded. They're blinded to what they're doing. The, the enemy, who's very good at what he does, has done his job and blinded them from Yah from Yah his ways. Well, what's our job to do? Our job is to shine as a light in the darkness, to expose it. And Abraham answered and said, Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak unto Adonai, which am but dust and ashes, Perchance there shall lack five of the 50 righteous. Now he's like negotiating with you. Will you destroy all the city for lack of five? And he said, if I find there 40 and five, I will not destroy it. And he spoke unto him yet again and said, perchance there shall be 40 found there. And he said, I will not do it for forty's sake. And he said unto him, oh, let, Adon- let not Adonai be angry and I will speak. Perchance there shall be 30 found there. And he said, I will not do it if I find 30 there. And he said, behold, now I have taken upon me to speak unto Adonai. Perchance there shall be 20 found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for 20's sake. And he said, Oh, let not Adonai be angry, and I will speak yet this but once. Perchance 10 shall be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for ten's sake. And Yahweh went his way as soon as he had left communing with Al-Abraham. And Abraham returned unto his place. Praying for the week. To Ezra 7. If you're new to Ezra 7, was also known as 4th Ezra, was included in the 1611 KJV under the Apocrypha section. Apocrypha section. I answered and said, If I have found favor in your sight, this is Ezra speaking, show further to me your servant whether on the day of judgment the righteous will be able to intercede for the ungodly or to entreat the Most High for them, fathers for sons or sons for parents, brothers for brothers, relatives for their kinsmen, or friends for those who are most dear. He answered me and said, Since you have found favor in my sight, I will show you this also the day of judgment is decisive and displays to all the seal of truth just as now a father does not send his son or a son his father or a master a servant or a friend his dearest friend to be ill or sleep or eat or be healed in his stead so no one shall ever pray for another on that day neither shall anyone lay a burden on another for then everyone shall bear his own righteousness and unrighteousness now here's here's the point I answered and said how do we find that first Abraham prayed for the people of Sodom that's what he did he prayed for the people of Sodom like spare them even spare the whole city even just on the sake of the righteous because of the sake of the righteous that are still there and Moses for our fathers who sinned in the desert remember and these people these people in the in the wilderness all they did was blame everything on Moses and literally want to stone him in almost every corner every time there was hardships they would blame Moses and want to just cast him aside and stone him but what did Moses do He, you know even Yahweh you know, was like, let's just get rid of them and start over. He, he was of course, he wasn't he was just testing Moses, but Moses being the humble and meek man he was, he just he prayed for them. Praying for the lost, praying for the weak. And Joshua after him for Israel in the days of Achan, and Samuel in the days of Saul. Samuel prayed for Saul. Saul was wicked. And Saul just kept praying for him. And at one point, you know, the father's like, Stop praying for him. And David for the plague, and Solomon for those in the sanctuary. I don't think he just straight up said stop praying for him or I think he just asked why do you keep praying for him sorry I want to I don't want to speak incorrectly uh, on our fathers behalf Forgive me, and David for the plague, and Solomon for those in the sanctuary, and Elijah for those who received the rain, and for the one who was dead that he might live, and Hezekiah for the people in the days of Sennacherib, and many other pra- and many others prayed for many. If therefore the righteous have prayed for the ungodly now, when corruption has increased and unrighteousness has multiplied, why will it not be so then as well? He answered me and said, This present world is not the end; the full glory does not abide in it. Therefore, those who were strong prayed for the weak. So the righteous praying for the unrighteous and the strong praying for the weak and as we also know through Messiah we also pray for our enemies Um, let's keep going Matthew five forty three through 48, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be the sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors the same. And if you salute only your brethren, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same. You, therefore, must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Psalm thirty five eleven. Malicious witnesses rise up, they ask me of things that I know not, they requite me evil for good, my soul is forlorn. But I, when they were sick, I wore sackcloth, I afflicted myself with fasting, I prayed with my head bowed on my bosom, as though I grieved for my friend or my brother. I went about as one who laments his mother, bowed down and in mourning. But at my stumbling, they gathered in glee. They gathered together against me. Cripples, whom I knew not, slandered me without ceasing. They impiously mocked more and more, gnashing at me with their teeth. Anyways, point is, we're, we I want to, I want to expound on this Torah principle here that Abraham prayed for the weak, and he prayed for the unrighteous. Also, uh, I would really highly recommend that it could not, it could not have worked out any better. Uh, on the same night doing the Testament of Zebulon study and uh, this Torah portion, especially specifically talking about this portion right here. Um, if you haven't seen I'd really highly recommend it. You can just look up Testament of Zebulon, Parable of Vineyard, or just go to the homepage, and uh, if you're watching this uh, anywhere close to its recording date, um, you should be able to find it just a few videos back. All right, Genesis 19. Let's keep going. And there came two angels to Sodom at evening, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he saw I also believe Lot knew that these were angels. And he said, Behold now, my masters, turn and I pray you into your servant's house and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and you shall rise up early and go on your ways. And they said, No, but we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto him, and entered into his house. And he made them a feast, and did bake matzah, unleavened bread, and they did eat. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot, and said unto him, Where are the men which came in unto you this night? Bring them out unto us, that we may know them. And this is, uh, know them. In the Septuagint, which is the Greek version of the scripture says, where are the men that went into this night? Bring them out that we may be with them. The Targum says, where are the men who entered with you tonight? Bring them out to us and we will lie with them. Very clear that they literally wanted to have intercourse with them. Um, a, a, a brother of mine um, mentioned to me last year that it was interesting that the, the people of Sodom may have known specifically that they were angels um, because they, they knew what happens when an angel mates with man. They wanted to create these giants and have these uh, massive uh, you know people to, to be in their, their towns and to vend them, those kind of things. Uh, but we also saw in the writings of Abraham earlier that that's just what they do. They just rape everyone. I mean, it's just disgusting. And Lot went out the door unto them and shut the door after them and then said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. And behold, now I have two daughters which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you, and do you to them as is good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing, for therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. Now this is one of the, another one of those verses that I just I had questions on. So remember, I said earlier, like I just had more questions about the binding of Isaac. You know, and this is a verse I've had a lot of questions on because in Second Peter, Lot is mentioned as a righteous man, which I don't disagree. Second Peter two six through nine says this. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overflow, making them an example to those who should live. Who should live? I'm sorry. Who that after should live ungodly, and delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, for that righteous man Lot, dwelling among them and seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Yahweh knows how to deliver the ungodly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. Now, so here's my question. Um, especially those of you that have children, or, or maybe let's say grandchildren or, or nieces, nephews, no s- beloved children of yours, and someone comes to your door and wants to bring out your guests so they can rape them, and your reply is no, you're not going to rape them. They're my guests, but here you can rape my two daughters. Like that just never sat well with me. and I'm not judging him because if that's exactly how the story was, hey, then so be it. Uh, maybe I've got some things wrong in my mind, but I have three daughters. And I just don't know that I could bring myself to offering them up to be raped by an entire city. Like, I just don't know. Uh, maybe I've got things wrong. Maybe I've got some things to work on. Um, but this story never just sat right with me. And this is, this is some of the... Uh, these are just some of the reasons, multiple reasons, why I just really enjoy uh, reading these other books because I think we get uh, maybe a more accurate version of the story, maybe just another um, take on the story. I don't know. Maybe there's a lying pen of the scribes, uh, maybe just changing things. Just uh, who knows? Um, Eusebius, an early uh, an early assembly writer, had mentioned that... Um, the roman uh roman catholic scribes were busy at work just adding to scriptures and and changing all kinds of things but whether that happened here i don't know but i just want to read you the the writings of abraham um version of this that uh you know may just shed a little more light on this and made me feel very a lot more comfortable chapter 119 This is the account which Lot told unto me, Abraham, concerning the coming of the three messengers unto him in Sodom. For Lot was sitting in the door of his house in the city of Sodom, conversing with two of his sons-in-law, who were Sodomites. And when he saw three men approaching down the streets of his city, and the spirit of Yahweh whispered unto Lot, Behold, these are my messengers who bring tidings of salvation Loth therefore rose up to meet them and bowing down before them said behold now my master is turning I pray you into your servant's house and tarry all night that I may wash your feet and anoint your heads and feed you and in the morning you may go on leaving only a blessing upon the head of your servant and they said no but we will abide in the street tonight for we have heard that it is not safe to enter into the house of a sodomite lest we be abused and tortured and killed and our property stolen from us. But Lot replied, replied, Not so, my masters, for I am no Sodomite, but a true worshiper of Yahuwah, and I know that you are his messengers, for his spirit has shown me this thing. Then, when Lot had confessed his faith in Yahuwah, the angels entered with him into the house, and he did set before them a feast with unleavened bread and wine, and they blessed it and partook thereof, and Lot's family also partook and were filled. By the way, I meant to mention this earlier. Some people think that this might have been around the time of Passover. Very possible. "...when Lot's two two sons-in-law saw him take the strangers into his home, they went straightway into the magistrates of the city, for it was unlawful in the city of Sodom to entertain a stranger in your home. Wherefore the people of Sodom surrounded Lot's house, both young and old, all the people of the city." And one of them called to Lot and said, Where are the men whom you took into your house tonight? Behold, you know that it is contrary to our laws, thus to entertain strangers. Nevertheless, we will forgive you, for you are a mighty prince among us. Therefore, bring forth the men unto us, that we may lie with them and do unto them according to all the desires of our hearts. But Lot went out to the door To the front of his house and securing the door behind him. Now here we go. We want to talk about a righteous man. This is how I think a righteous man acts. Just listen. He he uh, locked the door behind him. He confronted the sodomites and Lot said to them, "I pray you, my brethren, do not these wicked things, for it is contrary to the law and the Most High Elohim, who is King over all, to force anyone to lie with another. Repent now, therefore, that the wrath of the Most High Elohim fall not upon you, and you with your city be destroyed." But they were angry with Lot, and they cried unto him, Stand away from the door, lest we take you also. You have come in among us and partaken of the good of our land, and we have treated you with honor, although you were a stranger. Do you now make yourself a judge over us? And their anger increased against Lot. And they said unto him, Behold, we will deal worse with you than with them. Wherefore, we shall take you and your daughters and the men who have come in unto you and any others in your household who shall please us, and we will do with you according to all our desires below replied, Behold now, listen to this, I have two daughters who have not lain with man. Let me, I pray you, plead with you that you take them not according to the wickedness and abuse them according to your abominations. For the Most High Elohim will surely destroy this city if you repent not. Wherefore you shall do nothing unto me, nor my daughters, nor the strangers that are within my gate, nor any of mine household. For Elohim will smite you in the attempt and their anger increased yet more against Lot and they came near to break down the door but the messengers of Elohim who were holy men bearing the power of the priesthood after Elohim's holy order put forth their hands pulled Lot into the house and shut the door behind him then they smote the people of Sodom with blindness so they could not find the door that in my opinion is a righteous man and I believe this version of the story that's just me. And that's where I'm at. That makes more sense to me. Genesis nineteen nine, And they said, stand back. And they said again, this one fellow came into sojourn and he will needs to be a judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. And they pressed sore upon the man, even lot, and came near to break the door. And and just to be fair, some people will say, would say, Lo, you know, this is a, a gamble because sodomites just only wanted to have intercourse with men that they were hom- all homosexuals and that by him saying here have my daughters n- he knew that they wouldn't bite so it wasn't a, a wicked act or, or um, an unloving act uh, upon his daughters and, and that may be true but also we read earlier that they used to rape men and women so it looked like they wanted it both ways and we we saw earlier also um, that uh, they had the basically the orgies four times a year and it had to do with women so anyways i, I just I, I believe the writings of abraham virgin uh, personally That's just where i'm at but the men put forth their hand and pulled a lot into the house and shut the door and they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness both small and great so that they wearied themselves to find the door and the men said unto Lot, Have you here any besides son-in-law and your sons and your daughters and whosoever you have in the city? Bring them out of this place, for we will destroy this place, because of the cry of them is waxing great before the face of Yahuwah. and Yahweh has sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out and spoke unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for Yahuwah will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. And boy, oh boy, First Peter, or I'm sorry, Second Peter three. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the master and savior, knowing this first that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts. So we know Messiah said as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the coming of the son of man. Remember Lot's wife. And saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of Elohim, or Messiah, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that was then... Being overflowed with water perished, but the heavens and earth, which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. So it's the story of Sodom and Gomorrah all over again, and that's why I said earlier that this place would be an example for those that live ungodly afterwards. I think we read that as the Second Peter's Second uh, Peter two, yeah turning Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes and condemn them with an overflow, making them an example unto those who should live ungodly. Why? Because the whole world is going to be burned with fire one day and the wicked are going to be cast out of it. We're going to be burned out of it. And I also believe he's telling us the story, you know, in the days, remember, as in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the son of man. And I believe that's he's going to rescue his people out of this wrath, out of this, this destruction. and Genesis nineteen fifteen, and when morning arose then the angels hastened low saying arise take your woman and your two daughters which are here lest you be consumed in the iniquity of the city so he had many daughters but some of them stayed by, by behind with their husbands and and while he lingered the men laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his woman and upon the hand of his two daughters Yahweh being merciful unto him and they brought him forth and set him without the city uh, just a uh, so here, so here Lot was lingering. I, I can't remember what version. I think it's, um, I think it's the writings of Abraham. So that he was maybe pondering and considering. Um, where is it? Yeah, and while they were preparing to depart, Lot's heart being full of sorrow at leaving his daughters and his daughter's children to be destroyed, the men of Elohim took him by the hand with his wives and daughters, for Yahuwah had mercy upon Lot because of his integrity, because he had not bowed down to a false Elohim, nor entered in the abominations of Sodom. Anyway, so while he lingered, so he's like, oh man, the men laid hold upon him, snatched him, laid hold like like a force. And so when we're talking about Yah delivering us when we look at uh in the chapter 12 of revelation it says this is right when the dragon's ready to devour her child and it says and she brought forth a man child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron and her child was caught up snatched seized forcibly harpazo it means to seize carry off by force to seize on claim one for oneself eagerly to snatch out or away so I know it's commonly taught that the man-child here is Messiah, but also in a greater sense, um, all of Yah's children, the the brethren of Messiah, um, that in the last days before Hasatan can devour them, snatch up. Because we know that Messiah was not quickly snatched up into heaven when the dragon was trying to trying to kill him. We know that he went of his own power. <clears throat> but anyways, I believe that for the righteous people that keep themselves away from the abominations of Sodom and Gomorrah, which are rampant all over this world, I believe that he will, Harpazo, he will catch up, caught up, or seize by force, right? To snatch out of the way or seize or carry off by force in a good way, not like you're, you're going to jail, but come on, come, come with us. Kind of like what these angels did. So again, and while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his woman and upon the hand of his two daughters, the angels were like, let's go. Yahweh being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth and set him without the city. And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, Escape for your life, look not behind you, neither stay in all the circle of the Jordan. Escape to the mountain, lest you be consumed. And Lot said unto them, Oh, not so, my Adonai. Behold now, your servant has found grace in your sight, and you have magnified your mercy, which you have showed unto me in saving my life. And I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me and I die. Behold now. This city is near unto flee unto, and it is a little one. Oh, let me escape thither. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said unto him, See, I have accepted you concerning this thing also, that I will not overthrow this city for which you have spoken. Make haste, escape there, for I cannot do anything until you come thither. Therefore the name of the city was called Zoar. And here is interesting that literally until all the righteous were removed from the city, that destruction couldn't come. And so that's also why I believe he's going to remove his people before the worst time in history ever comes upon the earth. The sun was risen upon the whole earth when Lot entered into Zoar. Then Yahweh rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from Yahweh, out of the heavens. Let's see. I don't have a note here. I'm just curious. Near here. And the word of Yahuwah had caused showers of favor to descend upon Solomon Gomorrah to the intent that they might work repentance, but they did not. So that they said wickedness is not manifest before Yahuwah. Behold then there are now sent down upon them sulfur and fire from before the word of Yahuwah from the Shamaim from the heavens. You know what? It's still there today. Do your own research. Salam and Gomorrah still stands today encased in ash. You've got entire city walls and buildings, doorways encased in sulfur and ash. This is, and it's exactly where they say it is, and they've got these little sulfur balls Hold on. Yeah, and you've got these little sulfur balls that are not found anywhere else in the entire world. It's like a ninety-seven percent pure sulfur. You just can't find that on Earth in in this way, in this in this shape, in this form, in this purity. Came straight from heaven. You can still light them on fire today, and it, and it lights this like purplish, purplish. Um, heat it's just it's on unlike anything else we see on earth um if you're interested more about Sodom and Gomorrah and, and and other archaeological finds we did a documentary almost two years ago uh it's called um the documentary of truth parable of vineyard are I, I actually on um on our main page so i think there's a, a a link to it as well so anyways if you're interested i think it also the documentary is it included in the basics playlist on our um Main page of YouTube. So nineteen twenty five, and he overthrew those cities, and all the circle of the Jordan, and all the inhabitants of the cities, and that which grew upon the ground, that's why it's still a desolate wilderness today. But his woman, his wife, looked back from behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. And Messiah says, Remember Lot's wife. Luke seventeen, twenty-six, and it was in the days of Noah, or as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat they drank, they married wives, they were given a marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and, like, and destroyed them all. Likewise, also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. Everything was going on like normal. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So, you know, I, I, think, the, I think the media and um, I think the... Uh, the powers that be whatever the, the the powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places and uh the hidden hand the illuminati whatever you want to call them i think they purpose purposefully try to get us scared about some like we're all waiting for like the whole collapse and everybody's going to be like eating each other's faces because they're so hungry and uh, here it is it's kind of saying that that when he comes everything's going to be like it is right now it's not going to be some great reset financial collapse. And don't get me wrong, that, that may be coming. I'm just, I'm not denying that that a financial collapse is, uh, is looming. But all I'm saying is that w- if we read for what Messiah says clearly, which I trust his words more than all the conspiracy videos together, and I'm not mocking conspiracy videos. Conspiracy topics is what brought me to Yah. So I'm not mocking that. I'm just saying I trust his words more than what anybody tells us. They've been telling us food shortages and diesel shortages and, and none of that, you know, that Trump's going to take office. But I mean, none of that, none of that stuff is just, none of it's manifesting, but this is what the word says is that life was going on like normal. And then it wasn't. And that's when Messiah was revealed is, is going to be revealed. And when he's revealed, that's, we're supposed to be brought to him. But the first resurrection, he's going to gather his saints in that day he which shall be on the housetop and his stuff in the house let him not come down and take it away and he that is in the field let him likewise not return why? because it's time to get out of dodge remember Lot's wife and don't turn back that's instructions for all of us so whether angels are going to come grab us or we just know that we got to go whatever however that looks like just don't look back I trust the words of Messiah as life life giving words Genesis nineteen twenty-seven. and Abraham got up early in the morning to the place where he stood before Yahuwah. And he looked toward Sodom and Amorah and toward all the circle of the Jordan. And behold, lo, the smoke of the country went up as the smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass when Elohim destroyed all the cities of the circle of the Jordan that Elohim remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot dwelt. Uh, let's see what well, the Targums here says this. Uh, and it was when Yahweh destroyed the cities of the plain he remembered the righteousness of Abraham and sent away Lot from the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities where Lot had dwelt Hmm. Okay, nothing earth shattering let's look at uh, writings of Abraham chapter 122 when morning came, the men of Elohim hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take your wives and your daughters who are here with you in the house, and depart hence, lest you be consumed by the wrath of Elohim, which shall be visited upon the iniquities of Sodom. And while they were preparing to depart, Lot's heart being full of sorrow at leaving his daughters and his daughters' children to be destroyed, the men of Elohim took him by the hand with his wives and his daughters, for Yahweh had mercy upon Lot because of his integrity, because he has not bowed down unto the false Elohim, nor entered into the abominations of Sodom. And Lot thought to dwell in Zoar, wherefore he hastened there. But his wife Ado turned back unto the city of Sodom. Ado was the daughter of Eli, son of Eliezer, which Eli had accompanied to Sodom. And Odo thought upon her parents and her daughters who remained in the city, and her heart was pain within her, and she turned back unto them and was lost. But Lot entered with the rest of his family into Zoar, and there when the cities of the plain were overthrown. So don't turn back. Genesis nineteen thirty Another interesting uh, part of this Torah portion. A lot of interesting parts of this Torah portion. And Lot went up from Zoar and dwelt in the mountain and his two daughters with him, for he feared to dwell in Zoar. And he dwelt in the cave, he and his two daughters. And the firstborn said unto the younger, Our father is old, and there is not a man in the earth to come into us after the manner of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him, that we may preserve seed for our father. So I know a lot of people are like, gross. And yeah, I, I, I agree. But let's just... I want to read something with you real quickly that they probably had good intentions even though the act was uh, disgusting. Jasher, 1957. And Lot and his two daughters remained in the cave and they made their father drink wine and they lay with him for they said there was no man upon the earth that could raise up seed from them. Listen, for they thought that the whole earth was destroyed. So in their mind, again, I'm a why guy. I'm a questions guy. Like what is going on here? So... The, Lot's daughters thought that everyone was dead, the whole world was dead, and they're like, We need to repopulate the earth. And remember, we said earlier that Lot was a righteous man, so why did they get their father to drink alcohol? Because you know that he wouldn't have done it if he was in his right mind, so they got him drunk, probably passed out drunk, and did this act. So, does that answer all the questions? Probably not, but. And they made their father drink wine that night, and the firstborn went in and lay with her father, and he perceived not when she lay down, nor when she arose. And it came to pass on the morrow that the firstborn said unto the younger, Behold, I lay yesternight with my father. Let us make him drink wine this night also, and go in and lie with him, that we may preserve seed of our father. And that was their desire, not to be gross, not to be sick, not to be not to do not to be incestuous, but they literally just wanted to preserve seed and repopulate the earth. That's what they were thinking. And they made their father drink wine that night also, and the younger arose and lay with him, and he perceived not when she lay down, nor when she arose. Thus were both the daughters of Lot with child by their father. And the firstborn bore a son, and called his name Moab, the same as the father of the Moabim unto this day. And the younger, she also bore a son, and called his name Ben-Ami, the same as the father of the children of Ammon unto this day. Okay. Chapter 20. And Abraham journeyed from thence toward the country of the Negev, and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur, and sojourned in Gerar. And Abraham said of El Sarah, his woman, She is my sister. And Abimelech came of Gerar sent and took Sarah. But Elohim came to Abimelech in a dream by night, and said unto him, Behold, you are but a dead man, for the woman which you have taken, for she is a man's woman. But Abimelech had not come near her, and said, Adonai, will you slay also a righteous nation? And he said unto me, Said he not unto me, She is my sister, and she, even herself, said, He is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and innocence of my hands have I done this. And Elohim said unto him in a dream, Yea, I know that you did this in your integrity of your heart, for also I also withheld you from sinning against me. Therefore suffered you I not to touch her. Now therefore, restore the man his woman, for he is a prophet, and he shall pray for you, and you shall live. And if you restore her not, Know that you shall surely die, you and all that are yours. And this is like, yeah, like Yahweh just taking care of his people. And I want to share that um, in the end times, I believe he'll have that same kind of passion over us, passion over us. John 15, 5 says, this is Messiah speaking. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And what does the, what kind of fruit does the vine bring forth? Well, the grapes. We are his vineyard we are Yah's vineyard and we're supposed to bring forth the fruits that he enjoys Isaiah 27 in that day Yahuwah with his sore and great and strong sword shall punish Leviathan the piercing serpent even Leviathan that crooked serpent and he shall slay the dragon that is in the sea in that day sing ye unto her a vineyard of red wine he's singing about us and listen to this I Yahuwah do keep it his vineyard I will water it at every moment Lest any hurt it, I will keep it night and day. This is this is how he feels about us, and I believe this is that generation that is waking up after thousands of years of apostasy, coming back to him and starting to starting to bear fruit again. Once once in the, in times, starting to bear fruit that hasn't been born in so long. So this is what he's saying. he's talking about us. I Yahweh do keep it. I will water it at every moment. Lest any hurt it, I will keep it night and day. Fury is not in me. Who would set the briars and thorns against me? Briars and thorns are fruitless plants that are to be tossed in the fire. I would go through them. I would burn them together or let him take hold of my strength that he may make peace with me and he shall make peace with me. He shall cause them that come of Jacob to take root. Israel shall blossom and bud. Hello, here we're doing that now. And fill the face of the whole world with fruit. I just want to share that with you. I thought that was interesting. So anyways, you see the same the this, this same zeal and, and, and force he has over Abraham, I believe he's having for his people again, once again in these last days. Therefore, Abimelech rose early in the morning and called all his servants and told all these things in their ears and the men were sore afraid. Then Abimelech called Abraham and said unto him, what have you done unto us? And what have I offended you that you have brought on me in my kingdom a great sin? You have done deeds unto me that ought not to be done. And Abimelech said unto El Abraham, what saw you that you have done this thing? Now Abraham said, Because I thought, surely the fear of Elohim is not in this place, and they will slay me for my woman's sake. And yet indeed she is my sister. She is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother, and she became my woman. And it came to pass when Elohim, <clears throat> and it came to pass when Elohim caused me to wander from my father's house, that I said unto her, This is your kindness, which you shall show unto me. At every place where we come, say of me, He is my brother. And Abimelech took sheep and oxen and men servants and women servants and gave them unto Abraham and restored him Sarah his woman. And so it's interesting. We, we um, if you want to read more on this, take a look at the um, the writings of Abraham. You get a, a much bigger picture as to why this even happened. All we have here is the story of him going in there and. Um, and the deliverance getting Sarah back but what we don't learn about is this mighty thing the and and we learn the book of Jasher that everybody in the entire city of Gerar had the same dream and everybody was like what is going on here let's fix this because I don't want to die so this mighty act of Elohim was done and we learn in the book of the writings of Abraham that Abraham was later on uh stayed in Gerar longer and was able to preach the good news um um, Abimelech became a follower. A lot of the people in his kingdom became followers uh, and and became uh, fo- lovers of Yah and followers of Yah, like Abraham did. Same thing we learn about in the writings of Hamur in Egypt. That whole mighty thing where everybody could not, uh, you know, could not come to their wives um, or approach their wives. You know, have have uh, you know what they do, what men and women do, or what husbands and wives do in the marriage bed. Um, then that when Abraham prayed and everyone was healed, it was just a mighty act to show everyone the power of Elohim so that it, like, it was like him preparing the way for Abraham to preach the good news and share the truth. So sometimes, if you have to think about it, sometimes these, hard, and, and what I'm trying to grasp out of this from the Torah, is sometimes these hardships come so that fruit can be born from it. And think about that. So sometimes you may be going through something that something some sort of fruit can be born. Sometimes you need to be refined. Sometimes we need to be refined while we go through trials and tribulations. But sometimes it's even for Yah to go before you And you may suffer a little bit, but for the greater good. And I don't know about you. I think we should all be willing to to experience that for the greater good, for for Yah's people, for for sharing light in a dark place. And Abimelech said, Behold, my land is before you. Dwell where it pleases you. And to Sarah he said, Behold, I have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. Behold, he is to you a covering of the eyes and unto all that are with you and with all other. And thus she was reproved. So Abraham prayed unto unto Elohim, and Elohim healed Abimelech and his woman and his maidservants, and they bore children. For Yahweh had fast closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's woman. So, pretty cool stuff. Alright, chapter 21. And Yahweh visited Sarah as he had said, and Yahweh did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which Elohim had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bore to him, Yitzhak. And Abraham circumcised his son Yitzhak, being eight days old, as Elohim had commanded him. And Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Yitzhak was born unto him. And Sarah said, Elohim has made me to laugh, so that all that hear will laugh with me. And she said, Who would have said unto Abraham that Sarah should have given children suck? For I have borne him a son in his old age." And the child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast the same day that Yitzchak was weaned. And Jasher and the writings of Abraham, had said, like, Pharaoh was there, Abimelech was there, all the chief captains of Canaan, like, everybody there, like, the, like, even just whoever, everybody came and just loved Abraham. He was a good man. He was a good man wherever he went. He treated everyone well, even sinners, because he was long-suffering with them and didn't judge them and talk down to them. And be like, pff, you're just a pff. That's how some people act in the Torah community, because they've been awake for a couple, a year or two, and then all of a sudden, everyone is just below them. Elohim forbid. Anyways, and Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the midstream, which she had born into Abraham, mocking wherefore she said unto Abraham, cast out this bondwoman and her son for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son even Yitzchak and the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son and Elohim said unto El Abraham, let it not be grievous in your sight because of the lad and because of your bondwoman and all that Sarah has said unto you hearken to her voice for in Yitzchak shall your seed be called so this is another scenario where I was like what's going on here like what did what did Ishmael do so bad that like Sarah was like get them out of here and even Elohim was like you know what it's probably best listen to your wife. So this is a question one. So <clears throat> let's look at Jasher 21. Jasher 21, 11 through 15. And Ishmael, the son of Abraham, was grown up in those days. He was 14 years old when Sarah bare Yitzchak to Abraham. And Elohim was with Ishmael, the son of Abraham, and he grew up and he learned to use the bow and became an archer and when Isaac was five years old he was sitting with Ishmael at the door of the tent and Ishmael came to Isaac and seated himself opposite to him and he took the bow and drew it and put the arrow in it and intended to slay Isaac and Sarah saw the act which Ishmael desired to do to her son Isaac and it grieved her exceedingly on account of her son and she sent for Abraham and said to him cast out this bondwoman her son for her son shall not be heir with my son for thus did he seek to do unto him this day I don't know about you that makes a little more sense Let's take a look at the writings of Abraham. Let's look at a second witness. <clears throat>
1: Excuse
0: me. Oops, we're probably going too far. 128. 128. <clears throat> my son Ishmael I did not introduce into Yahuwah's house in his childhood because he was not spiritual in his nature, but he was a hunter, proficient in the use of the bow and other instruments of death. This kind of reminds me of Jacob and Esau. Nevertheless, Yahuwah was with Ishmael and blessed him for my sake and all to which he put his hand. When Isaac was five years old, he was sitting at, he was sitting with Ishmael at the door of Hagar's tent where Ishmael was sharpening his arrows for Ishmael was 16 years old at this time. And as thus they sat at the door of Hagar's tent, Isaac picked up one of Ishmael's arrows and broke it. Seeing this, Ishmael grew angry and taking another arrow, he fitted it to his bow intending to slay Isaac. But Yahweh touched his heart so that he did not slay him. But Sarah saw this thing which Ishmael had intended to do to Isaac and she was grieved at it. That night, when I entered the tent of Sarah, she said to me, Let Hagar and her son be sent to dwell apart.
1: <clears throat>
0: Sorry. For this day did Ishmael seek to slay Isaac. Now these words caused me great sorrow, for I did not desire to see my family divided. But that night an angel of Yahuwah came unto me in a dream, saying, Hearken to the words of Sarah your wife, and let Hagar her son, and her son Ishmael dwell apart, lest harm come upon your son Isaac, who shall be your heir. That makes more sense to me. Again, I'm a why guy, and, and this, this this satisfied my why but <clears throat> let's keep going yeah, also the Targums say let's see 21 and Genesis, this is the Aramaic and Yahweh said to Abraham let it not be evil in your eyes on account of the youth who goes away from your nurturing and of your handmaid whom you send away hearken unto all that Sarah says to you because she is a prophetess Pretty cool. And the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. And Elohim said unto Abraham, let it not be grievous in your sight because of the lad and because of your bondwoman and all that Sarah has said unto you. Hearken unto her voice, for in Yitzchak shall your seed be called. And also the son of the bondwoman will I make a nation because he is your seed. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it to Hagar putting it on her shoulder and the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. Uh, also, I want to just make mention. Um, well, we read this last week in Jubilee 17 that Abraham was tested 10 times and then in all 10 times he was found faithful. And this was one of the tests of having to send her away. Because like who wants their household to be broken up, right? <clears throat> Genesis 21, 15. And the water was spent in the bottle and she cast the child under one of the shrubs. And she went and sat her down over against a good way off, as it were a bowshot. For she said, Let me not see the death of the child. And she sat over against him and lift up her voice and wept. And Elohim heard the voice of the lad, and the angel of Elohim called to Hagar out of the heavens and said to her, What ails you, Hagar? Fear not, for Elohim has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him in your hand, for I will make him a great nation. And by the way, he has. I do believe... Through etymology, through through study, through research, that uh, the Arab nations, the what's become the Muslim nations, are the children of Ishmael, and he has greatly blessed them. They're a huge nation. Are they walking in the ways of Yah? No, but are, are they a blessed nation with riches and and lots of uh, population? And I mean, <clears throat> kind of makes sense when you look at their circumcision rate. Um, that certainly they they inherited circumcision much like. Um, Abraham's other seed, the lineage of Isaac and Jacob, and, and so on. So, um, let's keep going. So he did make him a great nation, it's a big nation. And Elohim opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the bottle with water, and gave the lad drink. And Elohim was with the lad, and he grew, and dwelt in the wilderness, and became an archer. And he dwelt in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took him, a woman, out of the land of Mitzrayim. And, you know, I think I wanted to read something here. No, we'll keep going. And it came to pass at that time that Abimelech and Pichol, the chief captain of his host, spoke unto El Abraham, saying, Elohim is with you in all that you do. It was very apparent that Abraham was blessed. Now, therefore, swear unto me here by Elohim that you will not deal falsely with me, nor with my son, nor with my son's son, but according to the kindness that I have done unto you, you shall do unto me and to the land wherein you have sojourned. Abraham said I will swear. And Abraham reproved Abimelech because of the well of water, which Abimelech's servants had violently taken away. And Abimelech said, I know not who has done this thing, neither did you tell me, neither yet I heard of it but today. And Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave it unto Abimelech, and both of them cut a covenant. And let's see, this is, uh, let's take a look at, actually, we'll finish up. And Abraham said, Set seven ewe lambs of the flock by themselves And Abimelech said unto El Abraham What mean these seven you lambs which ye have set by themselves And he said For these seven ewe lambs shall you take of my hand And they may be a witness unto me that I have dug this well Wherefore he called the place Beersheba Because they swore both of them Thus they cut a covenant in Beersheba Then Abimelech rose up and Picol, The chief captain of his host And they returned into the land of the Palestine And Abraham planted a grove in Beersheba And called there on the name of Yahuwah Elohim and Abraham sojourned in the Philistines' land many days. So let's, uh, I want to read a couple things. We've got the book of Jasher, 21. Oh, here we are, 21, <clears throat> 18 through 48. Is an interesting little story about um, Ishmael and, and uh, Abraham because, you know, it's like, it just seems cold. Like he just sends away Ishmael and then that's it. He doesn't like care about his son anymore and doesn't care about Hagar anymore. and just sends him away and just cold hearted. Not a chance. Jasher 21, Jasher 21 tells us otherwise. Jasher 21, 18 through 48. Although I need to drink a water real quick. Hang on. And the wife of Ishmael conceived and bare four sons and two daughters. And Ishmael and his mother and his wife and his children afterward went and returned to the wilderness. And they made themselves tents in the wilderness in which they dwelt. And they continued to travel. And then to rest monthly and yearly. And Elohim gave Ishmael flocks and herds and tents on account of Abraham his father. And the man increased in cattle. And Ishmael dwelt in deserts and in tents, traveling and resting for a long time. And he did not see the face of his father. And in some time after, Abraham said to Sarah his wife, I will go and see my son Ishmael, for I have a desire to see him, for I have not seen him for a long time. And Abraham rode upon one of his camels to the wilderness to seek his son Ishmael. For he heard that he was dwelling in a tent in the wilderness with all belonging to him. And Abraham went to the wilderness, and he reached the tent of Ishmael about noon. And he asked after Ishmael. And he found the wife of Ishmael sitting in the tent with her children, and Ishmael, her husband, and his mother were not with him. And Abraham asked the wife of Ishmael, saying, Where has Ishmael gone? And she said, He has gone to the field to hunt. And Abraham was still mounted upon the camel, for he would not get off the ground, as he had sworn to his wife Sarah, that he would not get off the camel. And Abraham said to Ishmael's wife, My daughter, Give me a little water that I may drink, for I am fatigued from the journey. And Ishmael's wife answered and said to Abraham, We have neither water nor bread. And she continued sitting in the tent and did not notice Abraham, neither did she ask him who he was. But she was beating her children in the tent, and she was cursing them, and she also cursed her husband Ishmael and reproached him. And Abraham heard the words of Ishmael's wife to her children, and he was very angry and displeased. And Abraham called to the woman to come out to him from the tent. And the woman came and stood opposite Abraham, for Abraham was still mounted upon the camel. And Abraham said to Ishmael's wife, When your husband Ishmael returns home, say these words to him. A very old man from the land of the Philistines came here to seek you, and thus was his appearance and figure. I did not ask him who he was, and seeing you were not here, he spoke unto me and said, When Ishmael your husband returns, tell him thus did the man say. When you come home, put away this nail of the tent, which you have placed here, and place another nail in its stead. Abraham finished his instructions to the woman, and he turned and went off the camel homeward. And after that, Ishmael came from the chase, and he and his mother, and he returned to the tent, and his wife spoke these words to him. A very old man from the land of Philistines came to seek you, and and thus was his appearance and figure. I did not ask him who he was, and seeing you were not at home, he said to me, When your husband comes home, tell him. Thus says the old man, Put away the nail off the tent which you have placed here, and place another nail in its stead. And Ishmael heard the words of his wife, and he knew that it was his father, and that his wife did not honor him. And Ishmael understood his father's words, that he had spoken to his wife. And Ishmael hearkened to the voice of his father, and Ishmael cast off that woman, and she went away. Anyways, uh, long story short, he, he uh, marries another wife. Abraham visits again. Ishmael's gone. She, however, does him right, uh, makes sure he's fed, Make sure the camel's fed. And uh, Abraham told um, the wife to tell Ishmael, when you come home, the nail that you have put here in its place is, is great. Do not remove it. So kind of interesting little story. Um, the writings of Abraham has something also to kind of confirm this. Therefore I arose early in the morning and took Hagar and my son Ishmael into the deserts of Arabia, where dwelt a people who were friendly to me. And there I built with Ishmael a temple unto Yahuwah our Elohim, that his seed might always be kept in remembrance of Yahuwah. And Hagar and Ishmael dwelt among the people of the desert, and were content, and Ishmael was a mighty hunter with the bow among them. And every year at a certain time I went and dwelt with my wife Hagar, and with my son Ishmael. And when Ishmael was twenty years of age, his mother asked my consent to take him to the house of her father in Egypt, for she longed to see her family again. Wherefore I gave them my blessing, and they departed into the land of Egypt, where they remained one year. And while they were in Egypt, Ishmael took to wife Meribah, daughter of Phanis, son of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And after he had taken Meribah Meribah a wife, they remained in the land of Egypt ten years, and Meribah bare unto Ishmael four sons and two daughters. After this time, Ishmael took his mother and his wife and his children and returned to the deserts of Arabia. And Yahweh blessed Ishmael for my sake and increased him in flocks and in herds and in good things. When Ishmael had returned from the land of Egypt, I went as my custom was to stay with my wife Hagar and miss on Ishmael. And when Ishmael was away hunting, his wife Meribah spake disrespectfully to me and complained of my being in their tents. Moreover, she abused her children, and when I chastised her for this thing, she rose up in anger against me. My wife Hagar saw all these things, and when her son Ishmael had returned from the hunt, she complained unto him of the actions of Meribah towards me. And Ishmael came to me and said, my father, what shall I do with such a wife who abuses my father and my children and speaks evil of me? For she had spoken against her husband, Ishmael also. So just pause here real quick so we can see the details are a little different. It's the same overall story. And this is what confirms to me that this is not just some copy and paste. And some people will say, oh, yeah, you know, the writings of Abraham just copied Joshua. Joshua just copied the writings of Abraham. You can see here you have a general story but some details are are just changed or are a little different which i i i feel like we have to have room for that because we have room for that in you know the new testament we have one gospel uh, or two gospels or two gospel versions where both of the thieves on the cross were were basically rude to messiah and one of them uh, he repented and so which one's true are they both true or just on the details different, uh, we have to leave room for some scribal error and things like that. But anyways, <clears throat> and I said unto him, such of one is not fit to be your wife, nor the mother of your children, nor to dwell in your tents. Wherefore, give her a bill of divorcement and send her back to the home of her father in shame, and find another more worthy than she to be your wife and the mother of these children. So Ishmael gave unto Meribah a bill of divorcement and sent her back to her father Phineas in the land of Egypt. And his mother Hagar raised his children until he until he took another wife. Anyways, so just want to share that those confirming witnesses, but also just want. Wanted to read that you know, Abraham didn't just send him away and just be like, See ya, he still loved him, he still went to go see him. So, all right, let's keep going. Um, <clears throat> I see, I have a thing for the Targums here Targums 21. And the word of Yahweh was the helper of the youth, and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became a skillful master of the bow. So, just more stuff about Messiah and his interaction um let's see what we have here jasher i have a note here for jasher 22 4 through 7. yeah oh okay here's just the the well situation that we read just earlier in the end of 20. And the days increased and reached twenty six years after that Abraham with his servants and all belonging to him went from the land of the Philistines and removed to a great distance, and they came near to Hebron, and they remained there, and all the servants of Abraham dug wells of water. And Abraham and all belonging to him dwelt by the water, and the servants of Abimelech, king of the Philistines, heard the report that Abraham's servants had dug wells of water in the borders of the land. And they came and quarreled with the servants of Abraham, and they robbed them of the great well which they had dug. And then here's this is where Abimelech comes and tries to correct the situation. So just want to share because in here um, you see the situation, but you don't see any backstory. Abraham reproved him because of the well of water, and you were like, you were like, when when did that happen?" It's in the book of Yeshar. Okay, last chapter, the binding of Isaac. So this is a very interesting one. Let's, uh, <clears throat> let's take a closer look at this. And it came to pass after these things that Elohim did try Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, behold, here I am. And he said, take now your son, your be- only begotten, your Yitzchak, whom you love, and get you into the land of Moriah. And offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I tell you of. And you're just like, what? What if he asked any of us today? What would we be like? What was Abraham like? What? However. I'd like to offer up some. um, Let's take a look at Jubilees 17, 14 through 17. We'll see where this test came from. Uh, and it came to pass actually verse 15 and it came to pass in the seventh week in the first year thereof in the first month of this jubilee on the 12th of this month there were voices in heaven regarding Abraham that he was faithful in all that he told him and that he loved Yahuwah and that in every affliction he was faithful and the prince Mastema, this is Satan, came and said before Elohim, behold, Abraham loves Yitzhak, his son, and he delights in him above all things else. Bid him offer him as a burnt offering on the altar, and you will see if he will do this command, and you will know if he is faithful in everything where you do try him. And Yahweh knew, <clears throat> knew that Abraham was faithful in all his afflictions. For he had tried him through his country and with famine and had tried him with the wealth of the kings and had tried him again through his wife when she was torn from him and with circumcision and tried him through Ishmael and Hagar, his maidservant, when he sent them away. And in everything wherein he had tried him, he was found faithful and his soul was not impatient and he was not slow to act for he was faithful and a lover of Yahweh. Now, let's take a look at um, Jasher. 22, no, yeah, 22, 43, 55. And Isaac, the son of Abraham, was growing up in those days, and Abraham, his father, taught him the way of Yahuwah to know Yahuwah, and Yahuwah was with him. And when Yitzchak was 37 years old, Ishmael, his brother, was going about him in the tent. We, we learned that Ishmael came back for a little while earlier. And Ishmael boasted of himself to Yitzchak, saying, I was 13 years old when Yahuwah spoke to my father to circumcise us. And I did according to the word of Yahuwah, which he spoke to my father. And I gave my soul unto Yahuwah, and I did not transgress his word, which he commanded my father. And Yitzhak answered Ishmael, saying, Why do you boast to me about this, about a little bit of your flesh, which you did take from your body, concerning which Yahuwah commanded you? As Yahuwah lives, the Elohim of my father, Abraham, if Yahuwah should say unto my father, Take now thy son Yitzhak, and bring him up an offering before me, I would not refrain, but I would joyfully accede to it. And Yahuwah heard the word that Yitzhak spoke to Ishmael, and it seemed good in the sight of Yahuwah, and he thought to try Abraham in this matter. And then the day arrived when the sons of Elohim came and placed themselves before Yahuwah, and Satan also came with the sons of Elohim before Yahuwah. <clears throat> and Yahuwah said unto Satan, Whence come you? And Satan answered Yahuwah and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And Yahweh said to Satan, What is your word to me concerning all the children of the earth? And Satan answered Yahweh and said, I have seen all the children of the earth who serve you and remember you and when they require anything from you. And when you give them the thing which they require from you, they sit in their ease and forsake you and they remember you no more have you seen Abraham the son of Terah who at first had no children and he served you and erected altars to you wherever he came and he brought up offerings upon them and he proclaimed your name continually to all the children of the earth and now that his son Yitzchak is born to him he has forsaken you he has made a great feast for all the inhabitants of the land and Yahweh he has forgotten for amidst all that he has done he brought thee no offering neither burnt offering nor peace offering neither ox lamb nor goat of all that he killed on the day that his son was weaned even from the time of his son's birth till now being 37 Seven years old, he built no altar before you, nor brought any offering to you, for he saw that you did give him what he requested before you, and he therefore forsook you. <clears throat> and Yahweh said to Satan, Have you thus considered my servant Abraham? For there is none like him upon the earth, a perfect and upright man before me, one that fears Elohim and avoids evil. As I live, were I to say unto him, Bring up Yitzhak your son before me, he would not withhold him from me. For much more if I told him to bring up a burnt offering before me from his flock or herds. And Satan answered Yahweh and said, "Speak then now unto Abraham as you have said, and you will see whether he will not this day transgress and cast aside your words." But wait, there's more. Because if you think about this, we know that Yahweh says He does nothing without revealing it first to His, um, to his, revealing it through His prophets, and we know that Abraham is a prophet. So you'd think you, the Most High, would give him a little, little more backstory. Of what's going on here? So he's not totally blindsided and be like. You you want me to kill my son? Like, what's what's going on here? So listen to this. Writings of Abraham. And again, these are some of the questions I had, and I believe these offered all the answers to me. Chapter 133 of the Writings of Abraham. When Isaac was 13, 37 years old, so he confirming witness, he was one day talking with his, his brother Ishmael. And Ishmael was boasting of his righteousness, saying, I was 13 years old when Yahweh spake to my father to circumcise us. And from that time I have consecrated my soul unto Yahweh and kept his commandments as they have come unto me for my father. But Yitzhak answered him, saying, Why do you boast in your righteousness? For none of us are without sin, and all mankind is as nothing before Yahweh. See, <clears throat> same story, few different details. And we must be prepared to be offered upon the altar as a sacrifice to our Elohim with joy that we can glorify him before our calling and election is made sure. This saying of Isaac's pleased Yahuwah and Yahuwah visited me saying your son Yitzhak have I seen and his heart is right before me and he is clean and pure and an acceptable sacrifice unto Yahuwah. Now listen to this. This is where he reveals it to him as a prophet. Listen. And Yahuwah touched the eyes of mine understanding that they were opened, and I saw the sons of Elohim gathered in council with the Father, and Lucifer, or Satan, also was among them. And Yahuwah said to Satan, Surely you have been abroad in the earth, trying the hearts of men. Whom have you found standing in his integrity, or who should be further tried to know whether he be thine or mine? Satan replied, Have you considered Abraham and Sarah and Isaac? For I am unable to lead them into sin, whatever matter I place before them. They are united in perfect bonds of love and purity, and even Abraham has united all his family again with which was divided. Surely they should be tried to know whether they are faithful only in their prosperity, or whether they will be faithful also in adversity. And Yahuwah said unto Satan, Were I to say unto Abraham, Bring up Yitzhak your son unto the high place, and offer him as a burnt offering unto me, he would not withhold him from me, nor would Yitzhak refuse to be offered. And Satan answered, Yahuwah, speak now unto Abraham as you have said, and we shall see whether his heart is perfect with Yahuwah or whether his end shall be in my kingdom.
1: <clears throat>
0: Listen to this. With these words, the vision was closed to my mind, and Yahuwah said unto me, Abraham, take now thy son Yitzchak, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon the mountain which you shall see the glory of Yahuwah resting as a cloud. Now, doesn't that make a little more sense of him preparing Abraham for this? And Yahweh departed from me and left me to consider these things. That, my friends, my brothers and sisters, makes a lot more sense, at least to me. So here we go. Let's keep going now. So he just told him to offer up uh, Isaac upon Mount Moriah. Now Abram rose up early in the morning and settled his ass and took two of his young men with him. And he took his son, clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went to the place which Elohim told Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Abide here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Yitzhak, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and the knife, and they went both of them together. And Yitzhak spoke unto El Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son. Elohim will provide himself a land for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And they came to the place which Elohim had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Yitzhak his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And we'll stop there. Because I want to read the Joshua account because it is so needed. Because you see the, the deceptions of Satan and how Abraham and Yitzhak overcame them to do the will of Yah let's read this book of Yashar chapter 23 uh, so we know this here so he's like offer up Isaac and Abraham said within himself how shall I separate my son Yitzchak from Sarah his mother in order to bring him up for a burnt offering before Yahuwah Abraham came into the tent and he sat before Sarah his wife and he spoke these words to her and I going to pause here real quick in this story you get you get the people behind the story you get the, the emotions the feelings the, the, the humanity of them My son Yitzhak is grown up, and he has not for some time studied the service of his Elohim. Now tomorrow I will go and bring him to Shem and Eber, his son, and there he will learn the ways of Yahuwah, for they will teach him to know Yahuwah, as well as to know that when he prays continually before Yahuwah, he will answer him. Therefore, he will know the ways of serving Yahuwah's Elohim. Now some people will be like, oh, he's lying. Well, interestingly enough, he does end up going to the house of Shem and Eber uh, to learn afterwards, later on in the story. And Sarah said, you have spoken well. Go, my master, and do unto him as you have said, but remove him not at a great distance from me, neither let him remain there too long, for my soul is bound within his soul. And Abraham said unto Sarah, My daughter, let us pray to Yahweh Elohim that he may do good with us. And Sarah took her son Yitzhak, and he abode all that night with her, and she kissed and embraced him, and gave him instructions till morning. And she said unto him, O my son, how can my soul separate itself from you? And she still kissed him and embraced him, and she gave Abraham instructions concerning him. Sounds like a mom. Even, I mean, like even though he's 37, I still. And Sarah said to Abraham, Oh, my master, I pray you, take heed of your son and place your eyes over him, for I have no other son nor daughter but him. Oh, forsake him not. If he be hungry, give him bread. And if he be thirsty, give him water to drink. Do not let him go on foot, neither let him sit in the sun, neither let him go by himself in the road, neither force him from whatever he may desire, but do unto him as he may say to you. And Sarah wept bitterly the whole night on account of Yitzchak. And she gave him instructions till the morning. And in the morning, Sarah selected a very fine and beautiful garment from those garments which she had in the house that Abimelech had given to her. And she dressed Yitzhak, her son therewith, and she put a turban upon his head. And she enclosed a precious stone on the top of the turban. And she gave them provisions for the road. And they went forth, and Yitzhak went with his father, Abraham. And some of their servants accompanied them to see them off the road. And Sarah went out with them, and she accompanied them upon the road to see them off. And they said to her, Return to your tent. And when Sarah heard the words of her son Yitzchak, she wept bitterly. It's kind of sad because she never saw. She never saw them again. She died before she saw Yitzchak and Abraham. So this is the last time she gets to see him. And Abraham, her husband, wept with her, and her son wept with them a great weeping. Also those who went with them wept greatly. And Sarah caught hold of her son Yitzchak, and she held him in her arms, and she embraced him and continued to weep with him. And Sarah said, Who knows if after this day I shall ever see you again? She didn't, and they still wept together. Abraham, Sarah, and Itzhak, and all those that accompanied them on the road wept with them, and Sarah afterward turned away from her son, weeping bitterly, and all her men servants and her maid servants returned with her to the tent, and Abraham went with יצחק his son to bring him up as an offering before Yahuwah, as he had commanded him, and Abraham took two of his young men with him, Ishmael the son of Hagar, and Eliezer his servant, and they went together with them, and whilst they were walking in the road, the young men spoke these words to themselves. And Ishmael said to Eliezer, Now my father Abraham is going with Yitzchak to bring him up for a burnt offering to Yahuwah as he commanded him. Now when he returns, he will give unto me all that he possesses to inherit after him, for I am his firstborn. And Eliezer answered Ishmael and said, Surely, Abraham did cast you away with your mother, and swear that you should not inherit anything of all he possesses, and to whom he will give all that he has, with all his treasures, but unto me his servant, who has been faithful in his house, who has served him night and day, and has done all that he desired unto me. To me will he bequeath at his death all that he possesses. And whilst Abraham was proceeding with his son Yethaq along the road, Listen to this, <clears throat> Satan came and appeared to Abraham in the figure of a very aged man, humble and of contrite spirit. And he approached Abraham and said to him, Are you so silly or brutish that you go to do this thing to your only son? For Elohim gave you a son in your latter days, in your old age, and will you go and slaughter him this day because he committed no violence? And will you cause the soul of your only son to perish from the earth? Do you not know and understand that this thing cannot be from Yahuwah? <clears throat> For Yahweh cannot do unto any man such evil upon the earth to slay him, or to say to him, Go slaughter your child. And Abraham heard this, and he knew that it was the word of Satan, who endeavored to draw him aside from the way of Yahweh. But Abraham would not hearken to the voice of Satan. And Abraham rebuked him, so that he went away. And Satan returned and came to Yitzhak, and he appeared unto Yitzhak in the figure of a young man, comely and well favored. And he approached Yitzhak and said to him, Do you not know and understand? that your old silly father brings you to the slaughter this day for nothing? Now therefore, my son, do not listen nor attend to him, for he is a silly old man, and let him let not your precious soul and beautiful figure be lost from the earth. <clears throat> Pause real quick And Isaac heard this, and said to Abraham, have you heard my father? That which this man has spoken? Even thus has he spoken. And Abraham answered his son Isaac and said to him, Take heed of him and do not listen to his words nor attend to him, for he is Satan, endeavoring to draw us aside this day from the commands of Elohim. And Abraham still rebuked Satan, and Satan went from them. And seeing he could not prevail over them, he hid himself from them. And he went and passed before them in the road, and he transformed himself into a large brook of water in the road. And Abraham and Yitzhak and his two young men reached that place. And they saw a brook large and powerful as the mighty waters. And they entered the brook and passed through it, and the waters at first reached their legs. And they went deeper into the brook, and the waters reached up their necks. And they were all terrified on account of the water. And whilst they were going over the brook, Abraham recognized that place, and he knew that there was no water there before. And Abraham said to his son Yitzhak, I know this place in which there was no brook nor water. Now therefore it is this Satan who does all this to us, to draw us aside this day from the commands of Elohim. And Abraham rebuked him and said unto him, Yahweh rebuke you, O Satan. Be gone from us, for we go by the commands of Elohim. And Satan was terrified at the voice of Abraham, and he went away from them. And the place again became dry land as it was at first. And Abraham went with Yitzhak toward the place that Elohim had told him. And on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place at a distance which Elohim had told him of. And a pillar of fire appeared to him that reached from the earth to heaven. And a cloud of glory upon the mountain, and the glory of Yahuwah was seen in the cloud. And Abraham said to Yitzhak, My son, do you see in that mountain which we perceive at a distance that which I see upon it? <clears throat> and Isaac answered and said to his father, I look, or I see, and lo, a pillar of fire and a cloud, and the glory of Yahuwah is seen upon the cloud. And Abraham knew that his son Yitzhak was accepted before Yahuwah for a burnt offering. And Abraham said unto Eliezer and unto Ishmael his son, Do you also see that which we see upon the mountain, which is at a distance? And they answered and said, We see nothing more than like the other mountains of the earth. And Abraham knew that they were not accepted before Yahuwah to go with them. And Abraham said to them, Abide ye here with the ass, while I and Isaac my son go yonder mount, to yonder mount, and worship there before Yahuwah, and then return to you. And Eliezer and Ishmael returned, remained in that place as Abraham commanded. And Abraham took wood for a burnt offering and placed it upon his son Yitzchak, And he took the fire and the knife and they both went to that place. And when they were going along, Isaac said to his father, Behold, I see here the fire and the wood and where then is the lamb that is to be the burnt offering before Yahuwah? And Abraham answered his son Yitzhak saying, Yahuwah has made choice of you, my son, to be a perfect burnt offering instead of the lamb. And Isaac said to his father, I will do all that Yahuwah has spoken to you with joy and cheerfulness of heart. And Abraham again said unto his son Yitzhak, Is there in your heart <clears throat> any thought or counsel concerning this which is not proper tell me my son i pray you O oh, my son conceal it not from me and he talk, answered his father abraham and said unto him O oh, my father as Yahweh lives and as your soul lives there is nothing in my heart to cause me to deviate either to the right or to the left from the word that he has spoken to you neither limb nor muscle has moved or stirred at this nor is there in my heart any thought or evil counsel concerning this But I am of joyful and cheerful heart in this matter. And I say, Blessed is Yahuwah, who has this day chosen me to be a burnt offering before him. And Abraham greatly rejoiced at the words of Yitzchak. And they went on and came together to the place that Yahuwah had spoken of. And Abraham approached to build the altar in that place. And Abraham was weeping. And Yitzchak took stones and mortar until they had finished building the altar. Abraham took the wood and placed it upon an order upon the altar which he had built. And he took his son Yitzchak and bound him in order to place him upon the wood which was upon the altar, to slay him for a burnt offering before Yahuwah. And Yitzchak said to his father, Bind me securely, and then place me upon the altar, lest I should turn and move, and break loose from the force of the knife and upon my flesh, and thereof profane the burnt offering. Abraham did so. And Yitzchak said to his father, O my father, when you shall have slain me and burnt me for an offering, take with you that which shall remain of my ashes to bring to Sarah my mother, and say to her, This is the sweet-smelling savor of Yitzchak, but do not tell her this if she should sit near a well or upon any high place, lest she should cast her soul after me and die. And Abraham heard the words of Yitzchak, and he lifted up his voice and wept when Yitzchak spake these words. And Abraham's tears gushed down upon Yitzchak his son, and Yitzchak wept bitterly and said to his father, Hasten you, O my father, and do with me the will of Yahweh Elohim as he commanded you. And the hearts of Abraham and Yitzchak rejoiced at this thing which Yahuwah had commanded them. But the eye wept bitterly whilst the heart rejoiced. I'll stop right there. I'm going to read something from the writings of Abraham. All right, 143. As we approached the mountain, Yitzchak said to me, My father, we have with us the fire and the wood. but We have no land to serve as a burnt offering unto Yahuwah. Explain now unto me the mystery hidden in this thing that I may be obedient unto all which Yahweh Elohim requires of me. Then I rejoiced for I knew that Yahweh had revealed in the heart of my son Yitzhak that which we must do. <clears throat> Therefore I said to him, Yitzhak, my son, Yahweh has chosen you to be a perfect burnt offering unto him instead of the lamb. And in this thing, listen to this, this is where it gets really <clears throat> interesting. I think we all know the parallel of Abraham offering up Isaac and the Most High offering up his son. But here we see this clearly. And this thing is a type of Yahweh of spirits who is our first father and his only begotten son, who is the lamb slain from before the foundation of the earth. For surely Elohim will offer his only son as a sacrifice upon the cross to atone for our sins and for the sins of all mankind. Remember when Messiah said, Abraham saw my day and rejoiced, that all men might be redeemed from The power of death, and be brought to stand before the judgment of the great Yahuwah, to be judged according to their works, that every man might receive a righteous and just judgment, and that mercy might have claim upon the penitent, the price of their sins having been paid by the Son of God, Son of Elohim. Yea, surely, my son, we have been chosen to represent the Father and the Son in this thing. And though I grieve to think of losing you, my beloved, I rejoice that we are honored thus to represent Elohim. That's powerful stuff, man brother, sister, sorry, not man, brother, sister. And Abraham bound his son, Uh, Bound his son, Yitzhak, and placed him on the altar upon the wood. And Yitzhak stretched forth his neck upon the altar before his father. And Abraham stretched forth his hand to take the knife to slay his son as a burnt offering before Yahuwah. At that time, the angels of mercy came before Yahuwah and spake to him concerning Yitzhak, saying, O Yahuwah, you are merciful and compassionate king over all that you have created in heaven and earth, and you support them all. Give, therefore, a ransom and redemption instead of your servant, Yitzhak, and pity and have compassion upon Abraham and his son, Yitzhak, who are this day performing thy commands." Have you seen, O Yahweh, how Yitzhak, the son of Abraham, thy servant, is bound down to the slaughter like an animal? Now, therefore, let thy pity be roused for them, O Yahweh. At that time, Yahweh appeared unto Abraham and called on him from heaven and said unto him, Lay not your hand upon the lad, neither do you anything unto him. For now I know that you fear Elohim in performing this act and in not withholding your son, your only son for me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, a ram was caught in a thicket by his thorns, his horns. And that was a ram which Yahweh Elohim had created in the earth in the day that He made the heaven and earth and heaven. For Yahweh had prepared this ram from that day to be a burnt offering instead of Yitzhak. And this ram was advancing to Abraham when Satan caught hold of him and entangled his thorns in the thicket that he might not advance to Abraham, in order that Abraham might slay his son. And Abraham seeing the ram advancing to him and Satan withholding him fetched him and brought him before the altar and he loosened his son Yitzchak from his binding and he put the ram in his stead and Abraham killed the ram upon the altar and brought it up as an offering in the place of his son Yitzchak and Abraham sprinkled some of the blood of the ram upon the altar and he exclaimed and said this is in the place of my son I may be this considered this day as the blood of my son before Yahuwah and all that Abraham did on this occasion by the altar, he would exclaim and say, "This is in the room of my son." And may it this day be considered before Yahweh in the place of my son. And Abraham finished the whole of the service by the altar, and the service was accepted before Yahweh, and was accounted as if it had been Yitzchak. And Yahweh blessed Abraham and his seed on that day. And so, the likeness and the pattern. Of course, we know that all of us, um, all of us, should have died. All of us should die and have. Uh, our our place in <clears throat> our place in sheol our place in in the lake of fire but messiah the son of elohim took our place for us just like abraham was saying right this is in the place of my son well messiah is in the place took the place for all of us that we all all deserve death praise be to you The angel of Yahweh called, back to Genesis 22, 11. And the angel of Yahweh called unto him out of the heavens and said, Avraham, Avraham, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not your hand upon the lad, neither do you anything to him. For now I know that you fear Elohim, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only begotten from me. Now Avraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a rat, or not a rat, a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. And we learned why in Yashar. And Avraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place, Yahweh Yareh. As it is said to this day in the mount of Yahweh, it shall be seen. And the angel of Yahweh called unto El Avraham out of the heavens the second time, and said, By myself I have sworn, says Yahweh, for because you have done this thing, you have not withheld your son, your only begotten, that in blessing I will bless you, and in multiplying I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven, of the heavens, and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And your seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. And Paul, uh, Paul later um, mentioned this here in Galatians. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith the same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that Elohim would justify the heathen or the Gentiles through faith, he preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So even Abraham knew the gospel, the good news. So Abraham returned unto his young men, and they rose up and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham dwelt to Beersheba, and it came to pass after these things, that it was told Abraham, saying, Behold, Milka, she has also borne children unto your brother Nahor. Khouz his firstborn, and Booz his brother, and Kemuel the father of Aram, and Kessid, and Chazo, and Pildash, and Yild and Yidlaf, and Bethuel, and Bethuel begat Rivkah. These eight Milka did bear to Nahor, Abraham's brother, and his concubine, whose name was Reumah, she bore Teva, Gaham, Thahash, and Makah. And that, brothers and sisters, is the end of this Torah portion. Remember the deeds of Abraham. Those who are <clears throat> the seed of Abraham will do the deeds of Abraham. So think about the patience of Abraham. Think about all the things that he endured, all the trials, all the testings, and he passed. So think about it. Think about it. Do you have patience? Are you praying for something and not getting an answer? Are you in a tough situation and not delivered yet? Did Abraham backbite or complain in any of these things? Instead, he was found patient in spirit and not hasty. Anyways, just think about it. Think about the patience of people like Abraham, like Yosef, and many other great men way way before us. So with that, brothers and sisters, I pray that uh, you may have found blessing in this. And uh, God bless you and your household. Let's pray. Father Yahuwah, we just come before you again and just thank you for allowing us to study together. We pray that your words would continue to penetrate our heart that Your living word would be in us Father and convict us and to show us where we need to change and show us where we need to be refined because Father all of us need to be refined everyone listening and everyone speaking in this uh, needs to be refined Father and we just ask that you help us as the gardener to prune us oh yeah test what's in our heart test what's in our minds test what's in uh, our speech and our actions Father for we want to we want to we want to be with you forever we want to be we want to have eternal life with you we thank you for that. We even thank you for that ability through Messiah Yahushua and his offering for us. And we know, Father, that we are to walk as he walked according to the commandments. Help us, oh yeah. Deliver us from whatever these situations are. Give us strength in Yahushua's mighty name. Amen, hallelujah, Shabbat shalom, brothers and sisters. Um, I pray you have a, a blessed rest of your Shabbat and a great week. And uh, let's see, we'll do a couple songs. We'll do a song or two. Um, what goes along with today's... Study. I don't know. Let's do this song. Anyways, also, real quick, uh, we're going to start preparing for Passover. It's going to be here before you know it. Um, just to give you a heads up, we're, we're going to be doing it in Lebanon, Missouri again. It'll be week long. I'll get you the dates soon. Um, but start preparing. We're going to be camping out in Lebanon for about eight, nine days or so. See if you want to join us. Start making some plans. I think it's early April, but I'll get you the dates soon. All right, let's do, we haven't done this one.
1: I sing to Yahuwah, for He is highly exalted. The horse and its rider He has thrown into the sea. YAH is my strength and song, and He has become my deliverance. He is my El, and I praise him, Elohim of my Father. And I exalt him. Yahuwah is a man of battle. Yahuwah is his name. He has cast Pharaoh's chariots. And his army into the sea And his chosen officers are drowned in the sea of reeds The depths covered them They went down to the bottom like a stone Your right hand, oh Yahuwah has become great in power Your right hand, oh Yahuwah Has crushed the enemy And in the greatness of your excellence You pulled down those who rose up against you You set forth your wrath It consumed them like stubble And with the wind of your nostrils, the waters were heaped up. The floods stood like a wall, the depths became stiff in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I pursue, I overtake, I divide the spoil, my being is satisfied on them. I draw out my sword, my hand destroys them. You blew with your wind, the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you? Oh, Yahuwah, among the mighty ones. Like you, great in Kodesha, awesome in praises, working wonders, you stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them. In your kindness, you led the people whom you have redeemed. In your strength, you guided them to your Kodesh dwelling. People's heard, they trembled. Anguish gripped the inhabitants of Pelosheth. Then the chiefs of Eddom were troubled, the mighty men of Moab. Trembling grips then all the inhabitants of Canaan melted. Fear and dread fell on them by the greatness of your arm. They are as silent as a stone Until your people pass over Oh, Yahuwah Until the people whom you have bought Pass over You bring them in and plant them In the mountain of your inheritance Yahuwah, which you have made for your own dwelling, the meek dash, O Yahuwah, which your hands have prepared. Yahuwah reigns forever and ever.